All right, welcome back. I am your host, Mark Champagne. This is Keo Conversations, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today, I'm chatting with Daniela, who is the head of Group Design Sustainability Strategy at BMW Group. She played a significant role in the sustainable design of the BMW i3, and she established the function of sustainable design at BMW Group design. I'm going to leave a little quote or blurb of text that she's actually said uh, on her LinkedIn, because I I really think it gives a great perspective into how she thinks about sustainability and design. Here it is. Design is a responsible tool. Imagine the world 2030. I want to think that my work has an impact on the future of our planet. We cannot save the world, but we are the multiplication of our knowledge. And I would love to see that everybody is able to turn the necessary wheels of change. The paradigm shift of less bad to fully aware and responsible is my idea. I love it. And you'll see how design and sustainability and mindfulness and all the different mental fitness practices that she has incorporated throughout her life actually play a huge role in everything I just mentioned. So enjoy this conversation. All right, before we jump in, don't forget all of these awesome guests end up in our journaling and mental fitness app, Keo, to help guide you through your daily reflection. Take it for a spin. It's in the Apple App Store and let us know what you think. Lastly, we've teamed up with the team over at Air. If you're a regular listener of podcasts, this just might really make you happy. Because if you've ever tried to share a specific clip of a conversation, you've realized this is not possible. But I'm happy to say it is now possible. And as a listener of the show, you can gain access to their free private beta iPhone app. There's a link in the show notes. Just sign up for early access. And Air essentially lets you capture the moments that stand out to you while you're listening and then send these clips to your friends or share them on social. So if you use Air and tweet your favorite moment from our show, make sure to tag us on Twitter, Keo app, KYO app, and you just might appear on the next episode. Thanks as always for listening and have the absolute best day yet. So, Daniela, the the first question I ask everyone on the show, and it's a bit of a loaded question, but it, it really gets the conversation going. And it's just simply, who are you, or or what defines you as a as a person? Um, I think. Well, it's a, it's a nice question because it's something really um, where you have to look on a three hundred sixty degree angle. Um, and it's not about me and work and me and my life and my personal things. It's it's me being a very active and very uh, energetic woman. Love to be a woman. Um, love to be brave. And um, I think um, I think myself and uh, well, how would I explain that? I think I'm. I've tried to be a super authentic, uh, very close to myself person all the time. And um, I think people call me very, uh, like, I'm funny. <laughs> and <I'm laughs> trying to to be very optimistic. I think actually I'm not trying to be optimistic. I think I am an optimist. Yeah. It's, it's 
so thank you for sharing that and just even hearing some of the those words and knowing and we'll get into your story but knowing the the type of work you're involved with those those words obviously translate well into um you know the sustainability aspect of of your career and just the design and, and all of that so Thank you for sharing it. And that's, you, you nailed it exactly. That's why I asked that question is, is to avoid a job title to, to start things off because this really provides a lot of perspective for, for people uh, regarding who you are. So uh, since we've gone through that, wh- why don't you give a little bit of, of perspective on, on some of the work that you're doing? And, and I guess maybe how, like when did design first enter your life? Actually, I think design entered my life when I was a kid already. So it's like it was very normal in our home to be creative. My father and my mother, they are teachers. And I think teachers, they always have this uh, kind of like thing that uh, they want to encourage kids to do stuff and more stuff and also very eager to achieve something. But uh, in this case, my father was uh, teaching uh music and sports and art so it was easy for us to to always be connected to materials and uh, mm-hmm. make your decoration by yourself in christmas and do your bake your cookies and stuff like that so i think that was one thing which actually made me to be curious about uh, whatever is called art and design but also i i grew up on a very a very wild child um, in the nature and I'm always trying to find stuff to, to make something up, okay. um, to create landscapes out of moes and whatever. So the creativity part was always there. Coming across the idea of becoming a designer was actually a friend of mine who is now a very well-known German designer. Okay. By the way, he... So, <laughs> um, and he was taught... I mean, I grew up in a small... Uh, like city in the southern part of Germany and there was no kind of university very close or idea about design. I mean, that is not typically what you study when you grow up there. But he had this idea of becoming an industrial designer and he wants to study in Berlin. And I'm like, what? What do you want to become? An industrial designer? That's cool. I would <laughs> I love it. I love to understand how things are made. And I love to fix stuff and um, I love just to go deeper in that. And then he said, perfect, that's somehow what you learn. Mm. Um, Was this before you went to school for for this or were you in the process already? uh, That was already while I was in um, high school. Okay. So um, I already choose the creative path on high school. We could make a choice between more the economic side or the the creative side. So I took the creative path. I was never good in math and physics and all that. So I figured (laughs) if you can, if you can survive with art, that's perfect for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So that was while, um, while I was like 14, 14, 15. And um, I grew up um, very like, I said my mother, she was pretty strong behind us, but we had we were really loose, like loosened up her, like I would say that in English, I don't know. We could probably um, be very free. Okay. I learned the violin for 16 years, and that was just something where I actually showed her, okay, you want me to do that? I do that. But as soon as you tell me I don't have to do it anymore, I'm free. But 
it's good because I learned how to be strong and uh, straight with something I really want to do. Yeah. Well, I imagine you're disciplined in, in, in every sense. Of that. that's, that's a long time, 16 years. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And then, so obviously that, that that's a big moment in, in your life and just embarking in, in the design world. And I feel like, and obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like another big shift was going from, um, I, I don't know how the phrase is, but just, you know, a designer to like really starting to focus on sustainable sustainability and sustainable design. I mean, we, we should probably let the audience know you've been at BMW now for, I believe roughly 17 years, according to good old LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you've been there for a while, but obviously your, your, your path has, has evolved into really cool area that I think is being talked about a lot now, but from my understanding, when you started definitely wasn't the norm, right? Right. Right. Um, and I think, um, I mean, you jump into BMW and you probably missed out, uh, the most important 10 years in my life, uh, how to become, um, something like, uh, a person who is aware and takes responsibility for what what we do or what I do mm. and what others do. Yeah, and I think that it. actually evolved from my, uh, uh, yeah, it's, I think the most important thing for me was first um, to understand, I, I made a, an apprenticeship as a goldsmith. So I worked for, as a goldsmith for six years. And I think that is something when you start learning that uh, every material is very treasurable because I know I don't know if you know about that or you guys when you were doing jewelry you're actually you're keeping every dust from this material and you're gonna send it back to um, have new new metals made out of it so you're not showing away anything okay. and um, it makes you very much aware of uh, of the quality and also um, yeah, the the treasure of what you have in your hands, like stones or metal. But um, apart from that, I, I was living in Southeast Asia in the Philippines, and I worked there for um, kind of like export development, export to the, and they developed um, small items uh, they wanted to sell in the U.S. and they wanted to sell in Europe. And that's like decorative stuff or stuff you like furniture, which looks uh, a little, which reminds you on the beach and okay. uh, jewelry. And then I think the most scary part there was the dirt everywhere and like Smoky Mountain in Manila and all the, the well, the people live with their, their own trash. The second thing was that when we actually made a decision to color dye wood blue the whole river was blue because i mean they did not take care of anything while that time okay or they lacquered something in gold like super big gold eagles made out of wood for the for big villas in the u.s uh, or like mansions and uh the people were just standing there on on, on leathers and like just color like with like a spray mount and they colored it like no, no mask, no nothing. And uh, this scared me off. I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's no responsibility about people or environment, nothing. And uh, that is something I think what is the most important thing for me in my life, which made a major change to be very conscious about what we do and how we do it and that we are responsible for and for the consequences we cause and that was during the time i i did my 
Oh, I could not short, short after I did my master's degree and in, in design management as well in the US. And that was the time when I understood that Europe is also very advanced already in recycling and everything. When I talked about that, it was still a kind of like, oh, like in the mid 90s. I'm like, what? Mm. You're recycling everything? Taking <laughs> bottles? System there? And oh, wow, that's really funky. Yeah. So, with all that, I think that is the experience I had to come up in, in, in a company like 2002 when I started at BMW. There were like other jobs in between, but um, I was very aware of the materials we used. And I was started in color and trim. And uh, that means you are in charge of developing materials for covering the seats and uh developing the colors for the exterior and interior and everything. And all these leftovers you cause uh, when you do the cut kits and there's a lot of waste you create just because you do a funky design. And um, the cars, they got bigger and bigger. And I'm like, oh my God, um, I can't be the person who is responsible for all that material I'm developing. And... Um, I think the major change for me was then um, we had another big car coming up and I said to my boss, I'm like, honestly, I can't do that anymore. It's not really going, it's not aligning with my conviction and my, uh, my promise to myself not uh, to be more aware of what we do. And then they offered me project I, which was this BMW I, I3 and I8, and that the holistic look on sustainability was then the goal. Oh, wow. So that was my chance, honestly. Well, good for you, though, for, for sticking. Because, I mean, a lot of people, I think, A, aren't as, as self-aware when it comes to, you know, those core values and, and whatnot. But obviously, and, and thank you for backing me up. Uh, was that, that definitely was an important 10 years um, that we would have glazed over because it really set the foundation, right, of, of, of you, really. Um, but how did you feel... Like, how did you get to the point for having that conversation with your boss? Just in, in case there's someone out there listening is in a similar position. I think that's an important shift, right? It, it obviously worked out in, 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 in your favor. Um, but I imagine that was a tough moment because it could have went the other way. Um, <laughs> it's interesting that you say that. And I wasn't sure if I should mention that in this, um, in this podcast and in this interview actually it was, um, sometimes in life things happen and they make you change 180 degree. And that was in my case, when they offered me to join project, I, I got, um, cancer, breast, breast cancer. Oh. So what happened to me was then when I just made this decision, they took me out for a year for all the procedure of like what you go through, sure. um, chemotherapy and stuff. So the interesting part is why do we humans being need this kind of like um, enormous, I don't know, kick ass thing, yeah. which makes you being aware and changing your life, the consequence you want to change. And unfortunately, most people need a kind of like kick yeah. and this kind of kick change. A lot of people change then. And honestly, me too, because you get, you go, you become so aware of yourself and of the decisions you make. Not that I thought I gonna got whatever I, uh, my life is getting short, but um, it's just because it's so absolute 
mm-hmm. um, when you get this kind of like um, perspective, I guess, message. right? Yeah, and your perspective, and you were like, okay, you know what? Honestly, I'm not bullshitting anymore. I just want to be very honest to myself, and I'm not accepting certain things anymore. Funny enough, why did I accept it before? I don't know. Maybe because I was in this typical uh, wheel of like what we call a hamster yeah. wheel, or what do you yeah. yeah, of like being a woman in the automotive industry and doing what I do, and I'm not really questioning it, and I don't push too much. I'm like, okay, that's what it is. But then I really was fighting for this thing, Project I, sustainability. Me being the person who is a who is collecting and pushing sustainability in this whole project from the design perspective, because there was nobody mm-hmm. really physically doing it. And um, when I did this whole project, we were convinced that we can do it, but then project this BMW i3 was built and then it was done. And then I should go back to the normal life. And that was the time when I said to myself, I'm never going back to do what I did before. I learned so much i have to apply that to on a bigger scale now and that's i think what the major change was for me um asking my boss um i want to i want to become what i am now i want to be head of sustainability for the bmw group design (laughs) and of course he was saying you're right okay so then go for it but uh, convince me so I'm like, okay, uh, convince me. Um, okay, which was I'm talking about at the conference. We call it submarine project. So you're going to do, like, I, I was going to really figuring out how can I convince the department to make me somebody I'm not yet sure. <laughs> so building, yeah. So uh, it's, it's a pro- it was a process over two years. Um, doing my normal work still at BMWi, which was okay for me then because I could still continue on this sustainability walk. But then also parallel, I was going to dive deeper into the system of BMW Group, which I wasn't doing really before. Group strategy, the colleagues who do supply chain management, corporate social, uh, so, uh, corporate social responsibility, connecting to all this other departments mm-hmm. not being singular anymore and i think that was what i what what made me really strong because i saw there is a group they really they're happy that they can actually see me as a part of uh, making sustainability alive visible um talking to the customer with my language and so that's was the time when we started building up presentations over presentations uh, me going to the board again, they are like, okay, we need KPIs for sustainability. And like, okay, going back, making KPIs. How do I make KPIs? I don't know. <laughs> so it's a lot of a very long process. Make design, sustainable design measurable. Okay. So I developed a tool to measure design because that's what they asked me for. Finally, when I presented all that and the idea and the vision I had for the whole department, they're like, okay, you know what? You know what? Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I think they understood that either they accept it now or probably they lose me. Okay. But I mean, they didn't have to lose too much. They just, um, I, I designed the position. I had the calculation department putting a number on it. What was it worth? 
And then uh, they said, okay, now you have show me what you want to do. So I had to develop um, a kind of strategy of how we actually do sure, that now, sure. <laughs> or what, 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 what do you, what do you want us to do? And uh, what is your scope and what do you protect us for? Well, yeah. well and while having uh, your, your regular job as well, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and interesting, I mean, yeah. I had this regular job, like I, I worked 40 hours, um, five days a week. But um, I said to myself to learn much more about sustainability. It's actually the best thing is to teach it. So um, I went to the university and I got this uh, course. Uh, I, I established a course which was called Sustainability in Design. And um, I applied all my knowledge, my already knowledge on, on what we did at Project I. And I taught it to students for two years. Um, and the best thing was I got a lot of really cool questions. Hmm. So they asked me, uh, a hole in my belly, what we call it. Um, and I always said like, okay, guys, I can't answer it next week. I go back to my BMW Wikipedia guys, ask them and come back. And through the two years, I learned so much just because they asked the right questions. Well, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up that, and I promise everyone listening, this, this isn't planted because I mean, everything we're doing with, with Keo revolves around powerful questions and, just doing the research for, for this conversation. Um, it's very clear. I mean, I know you talk about reframing questions and asking a lot of questions when it came to, well, this work and, and imagine all your work, but can you give some idea on how questions at BMW have had, have helped that process? Oh, it's, it's just, if you're in a normal and regular design process, you would, um, <laughs> You wouldn't ask first um, the, the material question before you ask for like the shape. Yeah. So shape comes normally first. And I think that the, diff the, the first thing was material driven design, okay. which means that uh, you don't, um, you don't, you can't bend wood to a certain extent, otherwise it would break or you would cause a lot, a lot of, uh, what you call that? Mm, yeah, you, you have a lot of um, breaks or cracks, and, and that is something you can't use. So if you start questioning first, um, if I would like to use this material, what is the, the maximum of shape I can actually put this material in? And that would be generating the form of this. Um, or you would say, I need this ra ra radius on a certain angle or whatever. So what material is able to do that? Okay. Or the other way around, if I want to use recycled material, um, there are certain properties this material brings and comes along with. So if I would be a designer asking myself, okay, how can I make this material now to achieve the level of luxurious um a value I would actually expect this car to have. Mm. So it, it, it's not just opening up the closet and grabbing in and taking out whatever material you're like, okay, this should go here. This should go here. And, um, well, it doesn't work. Do it. Otherwise it's, you yeah, know what I mean? Totally. It's, it's the other way around. You're, you're thinking from the inside out and not from, 
not something which where you add in the end. Material choice comes in the end. No way. Yeah. Um, and also, you really ask: Is that that is this needed? It's like keep it simple, stupid, and don't overload it because you think you need the bling bling here and the bling bling there. Yeah. Um, you create something so valuable and so aesthetically that you just this is the center part and you don't need tons of bling bling around mm-hmm. which is causing a lot of energy and is material and so on and so on these are new questions i gave them it's it thank you for sharing that because you know i think that philosophy can be applied to so many different industries and and situations right just flipping the question around or flipping the decision process completely around uh, to see a different angle to it. So um, absolutely appreciate that. I do want to shift gears a little bit. And because in terms of what you shared, those years of going through and, and kind of fighting a little bit of an uphill battle until, you know, you got the yes, like what were some of the things that you were doing for yourself um, to keep you motivated and driven and, you know, energized to actually pull through with, with, this awesome plan, because I think just to set some context for everyone listening, everything you mentioned makes total sense today. But when you were doing it, it was definitely not the norm, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. It's It wasn't the norm. And um, I think for me, because I'm extremely curious and um, I'm also, I, if I have this uh, like idea I know I am extremely forward thinking. I love that. This is one of my strengths. So honestly, um, the past is boring me a little bit. I mean, it's I'm not definitely not the person who is looking into books, what happened in the past, and I'm learning out of that. Okay. I'm more the person who is jumping like even three, four steps ahead uh, without really thinking about it, just because I have this feeling that this is the right thing we have to do. Okay. And I keep on holding that. And it actually, um, which is where I would say this is a combination of a very optimistic, but also curious. And and then I have a probably a good talent on foresights. Um, just to say that um, I, I just sum up stuff and I can actually see that this would lead into the next step, which I'm looking at then. Hmm. And this always keeps me very alive. Um, this keeps other people crazy, uh, <laughs> or it makes other people crazy who actually want to have it bulletproof, proved. And uh, this is, yeah, I need this agility. Otherwise, I'm not uh, pushing the boundaries um, to f- as far as I like it. Okay. So for me, also this kind of I envision. Um, I, 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 we just had this talk yesterday, and I said to a, a friend. Uh, that you have, I did always this kind of envisioning for the next three to five years. Mm. And the envisioning is not about uh, my job or whatever, but it's in general, how do I see myself? How do I look? How do I stand there? Um, how do people uh, perceive me and how do I perceive people? And this is something where I have, um, why I actually became what I am now because when we did, I, I go back for it just a second. There's a nice story. It's this exactly what this is explaining. We did a photo shooting when we did the I released the i3 at 2012, 
Okay. And there was me from behind and our sustainability manager, BMW Group. You saw her face. And I handed her something over. And I saw this picture and just, they blew it up so big everywhere in Germany. It was everywhere. And it was on the news and everywhere. But it was always on my back. My, and I said, in three years, you're going to see me from the front. I want to be the person who is named head of sustainability in design. And this was so strong, really. This was the wish I had. And three years later, it was me. Hmm. Envisioning, strong envisioning where you want to be. That's something which keeps me always um, like go, bringing me in the next dynamic to do of and course. continue. <laughs> so do you, Daniela, do you, do you have any type of, practices that help with that like are you i mean you mentioned time in nature and whatnot but are you strategically taking time out during the year to answer that question right like what the next three to five years looks like how, how does that how does that work because th th this audience is very interested in those things <laughs> i do have a big little battle i would always i mean i plan to sabbatical um, the first sabbatical two years ago, but then when I planned the sabbatical, I already see what I could achieve in this time. And I'm getting an, again, so curious on um, how I want to, um, push it. So it's really, I'm like, Oh no, I can't go in a sabbatical because I can actually join this project at the moment. It is so interesting. So for me, it's a little hard, um, to really calm down uh in this kind of like when i would say okay i do a stop here because i would think my baby would probably not uh con stay alive when i'm gone sure um so but what for me is um what helped me a lot um it was meditation i mean really meditation hmm. and i went to a seminar um from a guy who is i don't name his name because i don't know i don't know what to <laughs> but he was good and he, he's the guy who says uh, you have to rewire your brain and uh, reconnect your your brain and your nerves and you can you can make a reset in your life and you don't have to truly stay with your old past you can you can redefine and redesign your future mm -hmm. and um, they do guided meditations and I did that a lot and I did it every morning. I got up and I was just 20, 28 minutes, uh, went alone on my sofa and I did this meditation before I went to work. Okay. And uh, two of my colleagues did the same thing. We've been to the same seminar. And uh, it was really great because we could exchange how things change for us, um, how we can actually oh, that's neat. envision more what we want rather than complaining about our history and parents and childhood and whatever. Yeah. That's a good point. And uh, like really reacting with and for future visions. So the, the meditation is something I love to do. I was doing seriously running. Um, when I started running for like after the first 20 minutes, um, my brain stopped thinking like in these loops. And then I got in this, I think everybody who is running knows what happens yeah. <laughs> over the 20 minutes line. When you question yourself, what are you doing here? Then you become like on this kind of like floating line. Yeah. You get into a bit of a flow state. It's a flow state. Exactly. And, yeah. and then of course, for me, um, as you mentioned already, I am a passionate fly fisher. Um, and fly fishing is a mixture out of, uh, like physical, like, 
it's a mixed product of yoga and uh, and then flowing, <laughs> um, body movement, and also contemplation, and extremely focused um, when you do when you are in the river and you walk with your like you watching for the fish and you have to behave right and the weather has to be perfect la 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 la. So this whole thing helps me a lot to just totally unwind. And there's a super focus on this one fly and the fish, nothing else. If you're not focused, you're not successful fishing. That's interesting. That might be the the, the title of the episode, Fly Fishing Yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Danielle, I, I definitely want to get your, your reflective prompts, um, which is just given how impactful questions have been in your life. And, and these are just either three uh, questions that circulate in your life on a frequent basis that you ask yourself and you reflect on, um, or during, you know, obviously you've gone through some big events in your life, uh, especially when the, the cancer showed up. And I imagine there was a lot of reflection happening there. So if, if, can you share any of these questions or three to be specific? I think um, like one question could be um, that I ask myself if I'm authentic yeah. Um, if I'm authentic in a way that is it me, like me as Daniela, uh, as a person, as a woman, as a whatever, a, a wife, is it me and me with me in myself, deep in myself, or are I? Is it like a reaction, or do I act just because there are expectations or something? But. If I am very authentic, I'm to totally in myself, and this is the perfect moment for the energy I need. If I'm moving too fast or reacting too much, I'm losing totally my energy, and then I'm not with myself anymore, and I can't do what I want to do because, you know, mm. a certain level of energy you lose. Um, be I'm brave enough. I like that. I really, I, I definitely want to be brave um and i i never lost anything be by while i'm being brave but you can push boundaries if you're not afraid and i don't want to be afraid yeah the third thing is i said to myself and that's something i said to myself when i was very young and i still do it is it that i do not want to regret anything in my life that that meant to me when I really want to do something I do it I just do it and I never I never wanted to say my to myself when I'm like 40 50 60 well well I was like younger I said like oh god my god why, why didn't I do that I was so close to do it but I didn't yeah I'm like I never and honestly I don't I don't have to say it uh I don't I did everything very conscious and very, uh, and I just, uh, yeah, and maybe very, very brave because I just, I did stuff where everybody would say, oh, uh, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I, you, you're not losing anything if you do it and if you are authentic. I really, I really like that. Am I living, I, I phrase it in the question and let me know if this is okay, but am I living with any regrets? That's a question. <laughs> was that a question? No, 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 no. I was sorry. It I was, was I was framing. Yeah, your last piece about regrets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Question. Yeah. 
Because I really like that one. I think that's that's just a good reminder because, you know, a lot of us can get really caught up on the autopilot of, of life and work and, and all of that. And, and if you don't take those moments to, to slow down a bit and ask some of these questions, you it, it just keeps spinning, right? Over and over again. <laughs> and if you always, I mean, if you always... Um, balance it out or you think like yeah is if i'm doing that what is the consequence of that and does it work out here and do i make everybody happy you know what honestly if you are happy you make your surroundings happy i mean that's what your mother always says it's like oh i'm so happy if you're happy i'm like okay it's so easy um (laughs) and um that's why i think as long as you work on yourself and your and your happiness um and 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 just and also be happy with small steps it's like what's it worth uh, to 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 stretch yourself to like wow i have to make these big steps it's not worth it yeah it's and, and, and i mean physically i i came to that point that i think um for me um coming out of a situation where I always wanted to be safe, like money wise, and I'm a Capricorn. So it's like, I have to be really strongly on my four legs and I don't make a move, not really conscious. And, um, but on the other side, I'm, I, I am the person who is curious and then and, and mm-hmm. doing it. So, but there are a lot of things who don't interest me in, in life or like in business where I would say um, I'm, extrinsic like this is extrinsic uh, goals you would get yeah to say you achieve a certain level you can talk to the board or you um, earn more money um, and it's just like a painkiller money anymore because it's not worth it to put to, to get this carrot in front of you and just run behind this carrot um, if you need somebody else who is putting it in front of you if you're the own person who would say, oh, yeah, that's what I want to reach. And that's um, I have an idea how to go there. Um, then it's fine, I think. Yeah. But I have so many people around me who need this um, kind of charisma and attention from others um, to be happy. And it's so vo- volatile. If you're not getting the attention, what happens then? I mean, you're demand- you're depending on so many other people and situations and you can't control that i mean it's exhausting just just thinking about it It, but but it's it's (laughs) the reality for for a lot of for a lot of people so i'm i'm glad you brought it up and i think it's it's a great way to, to close off the the conversation and just you know it comes from within right and and finding that that true happiness it's funny that happiness has come up literally in the last i think the last three episodes in in a row um, I'm going to follow those signs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thank you so much for taking some time out of your evening to come and, and chat with us and sharing your story. It, um, it It's really comforting uh, as someone that's been a, a fan, like I mentioned, of, of the brand and, and the work that you guys are doing at BMW. It's really comforting to know that there are people like yourself leading such an important causes that have global true global impacts uh on so many fronts so thank you for for putting in that effort thank you for inviting me (laughs) 
Yes, you made it to the end of the conversation. Thank you so much for your attention. And if you enjoyed the chat, leave us a little love wherever you're listening. Stars, reviews, they go a long way. Don't forget you can find all of these guests along with a ton of powerful reflective prompts in our digital journaling app, Kyo, K-Y-O. Search it in the Apple App Store and it'll pop up. Wishing you the absolute best in your mental fitness and an incredible day.